Welcome to Bold Conscious Connections. My name is Raju Panjwani and I'm a certified leadership coach. And I'm Trisha Ramos, a certified high performance coach. Together, we help business leaders redefine success on their terms to create more space and energy so that they live impactful lives. Everyone wants to be seen, heard, and understood. So at a deeper level, we know that the collective consciousness is important to raise in this world. And leaders who are influencers can make that difference. We, in our coaching programs, teach people how to focus on the interconnectedness, heart-centeredness, and growth from within. And this is what this podcast will be about. So stay tuned and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk to you very soon. We are so excited for today's episode. Our special guest today is fellow certified high-performance coach, Ojinga Carr. Welcome to our Bold Conscious Connections podcast. Please, Ojinga, take a moment to just introduce yourself to our audience. Make sure to let us know everything that you want us to know about you. And, you know, we'll dig deeper throughout the podcast to even learn more. Well, first of all, thank you so much just for the opportunity to be here. That's the biggest thing for me, just to have the opportunity to be able to share. Um, I am from now Memphis, Tennessee. I'm originally from Little Rock, Arkansas, but I've been here. I've been a Memphian for 10 years now. So um, I'm, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a certified high performance coach. Um, so I always love being around other phenomenal coaches like yourselves and what it is that, that you guys do. Um, I have always loved team sports and so my love of team sports i grew up playing football basketball and baseball um and so my love of team sports really pushed me into the space where it is now being able to help people achieve more and be able to achieve better in their business and in their life um that's what it really is um for me just trying to figure out how it is that we can do more that we can have more that we can be more successful that um, we can be more loving um, that we can figure out how it is that we can really bond um, together. And so I'm excited for the conversation today. And I just appreciate being a part of what you guys are doing with the podcast. I've got a chance to watch some episodes. It's amazing. Um, and so I'm just excited to be a part of it, really. Listen, thank you for being here. I know you've had conversations with Trisha. She's a fellow CHPC. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, our, our podcast is called Bold Conscious Connections. Uh, Bold Conscious seems to be our, you know, flagship brand for many of our programs. And, and, and so we, we have, there's a reason for that. So in terms of, as you just said, you, you, you focused on sports, uh, you know, through your life, and you're now building, building what you're building. What does it mean when we say bold to you, you know, from your perspective, your experiences, and what is it, why is it so important today in your work? Well, I mean, I appreciate that. For me, bold is impactful, is what it really is. It is large. It is the thing that it, it should be the thing that kind of scares you to do. Um, And the reason why that is, is that it's about the mental space that, we are in, even though I played sports and those are physical games, baseball, basketball, football, they're all physical games. Most of them are mental. Most of it is mental and what it is. So if you do something bold, if you score a great touchdown, if you hit a home run or whatever, it does. It not only impacts the game uh, physically, but it impacts it mentally as far as when you're dealing with your opponent. Um, and I never knew how that was going to really set up in my life um, until I really started facing um, the challenge of of my life. I, I stopped, uh, I got injured in football, played football in college. I got injured in football, and I really spent a decade um, really just destroying myself, honestly. Um, slowly, the slow way, you know, just eating and, and, and not being healthy and, and sitting around and thinking about all these horrible things. Um, and so one day I... I I was super thirsty, um, couldn't keep anything down, and so I walked into an emergency room. Um, And I walked into that emergency room, and um, I I, I, I couldn't keep it together, and they asked me, Mr. Carr, are you diabetic? And I was like, no. And um, I didn't think I was diabetic at the time, and my father was actually in the hospital 
passing away from diabetes at that at that moment. He was going to pass away about eight months later after that. Um, and so that was in 2006. Um, and so when they took my blood sugar at the hospital that day, um, it didn't have a number. It just said hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was all it said. When the meter, when the meter, when they pushed it on the meter, it just said hi. So they took me into the hospital and they took some blood. And they were going to do some workups or different things like that. Um, and I kept noticing. I was looking to the to the side, and there was a nurse there at the nurse station. And then there was a nurse and a doctor. And there was two nurses and a doctor. And then two nurses and two doctors. And they were, they were whispering to each other and looking at me, and whispering to each other and looking at me. Um, and my blood sugar that day um, was 954. Wow. wow. So for those of you who don't know about diabetes, they don't know about what your blood sugar be. Your blood sugar should be about between 90 and 100. So my blood sugar was mm. 10 times what it was supposed to be. So actually the reason why they were glancing over at me was just trying to figure out why I was still alive. That was, that was the thing that why I was kind of sitting there and everything seemed to be okay. And why I was alive and why I was. And so to bring that back to boldness, the shift that had to happen in my life that took a lot is what we like to call the three pound difference. Okay. And so what the three pound difference is, is that the human brain weighs three pounds i always think about it like um uh the movie jerry Maguire, and the little kid is like did you know a human head weighs eight pounds i just think about it i'm, I'm silly like that that's, that's what i do okay but so uh the human brain weighs three pounds and so there has to be a shift in your mind and a bold shift at that in your mind if you want to be able to change anything that goes on in your life um if you want to be able to change whatever is going on whatever happens and so for me that shift ended up um, in me. I've lost uh, over 200 wow. pounds. Um, but like I said, I never think about it about the 200 pounds. It was just the three pounds. That was the difference in my life. And so it was like, so all of that athletic stuff that I had to learn as a kid affected my life and it affected for me to be able to figure out how to be able to be more bold, how to how to take better actions, how to put better structure in place um, as well with that. So yeah, yeah, bold means like big, beautiful colors, Mm -hmm. big, you know, big long strokes of it. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. Such a powerful story and truly, um, (laughs) you know, we didn't talk about that when we we connected last week. And there's a reason why we resonate with who we resonate with and you know, we'll, we'll have to continue talking um, because your story mm-hmm. really touches to the core of why it was that Raju and I came together in the first place, which has a lot to do with recognizing the truth that life is short and every day that we have truly is a gift and that regardless of how things look on the outside, we have such a powerful force within us that defies all odds. And the doctors and the nurses looking at you wondering, how is he walking around right now? There's a reason why all that happened. And I know that's part of what your message is. And you're here to share that with us and our audience. That's so powerful. Thank God for all of the experiences that you had as an athlete to learn you know, the mental um, stamina to be able to get you to this place where you're able to proudly say you've lost 200 pounds and it was doing it you know that three pound difference at a time that's so mm-hmm. powerful thank you for that share yes yes thank you mm-hmm. thank you for allowing me to share this it's it's, it's I'm, I'm happy to be here and, and have the opportunity to be able to share and to be able to, to help people it, it guides me in, in what my what my real purpose is and that's life beautiful I'm you know saying. as our mentor says uh, and probably other people have said this is our mess becomes a message because it's all those uh, mm-hmm. turning points where we've had some you know a rough patch a trauma that's deep and you know those become the breakthroughs uh, for all of us to figure out what life is about and yes. as long as you're here you know you might as well help help everybody else that you can that needs to hear from you it's beautiful and stories are a powerful way to communicate that yeah. message yeah yeah so Ojinga, obviously, such you know, we're so far away now from 2006. Um, mm-hmm. Yet those those experiences are still very real today. You know, so what what can you tell people about what some of your practices are 
to be more conscious, right? Because even though something is in the past, doesn't mean we're not still dealing with those same levels of consciousness, right? All of that is still within us, you know? We have a we have our higher selves, we have our lower selves, you know, and every everything in between. So can you share, you know, perhaps your one, two, or three top tips to be more conscious, especially today when we're living through so much noise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I consider that happened on September 22nd, 2006. And so I consider that my uh, second birthday. My birthday is July 27th. But that happened on September 22nd. And so I consider that my second birthday because it was a shift. And it's not like, oh, automatically I shifted and everything was great and everything was fine with it. Um, I consider myself the how guy. I don't care about your what or your why. I care about your how. That's what it really is for me. And like the how to be able to get it done. So in finding that, in my life because um, I also made um, the great decision of getting sick without insurance at that point in time. So uh, that was another reason why they were looking and were like, oh, how are we gonna, how's this guy gonna pay? So they were looking at that as well too. So bankruptcy came behind that um, pretty quickly because I spent a week in the hospital um, and you know a lot of time as far as trying to figure out the whole medication thing and everything else. Um, but all those things were built to helped me kind of snap back and snap to into who it was that I really truly am. And like to be able to, it's been a, uh, 10 years um, being like, I talk about a lot of people. Um, a lot of us are walking around, we're the walking dead already, okay? We've already we've already passed away. There's just not a date on our, on our tombstone yet. And so I was dead, I was dead for 10 years. I mean like legitimately, that's what it really was. That's what it really was feeling like because you lose sight and thought of everything. So when you talk about structure of how to do that, I consider it three C's that we talk about, okay? And so those three C's are clarity, content, consistency. Clarity, content, and consistency. So you first have to, if you're gonna get a goal, you have to be clear in what that goal is. Too many of us have really fuzzy goals, we have some stuff that we'd like to do. I'd like to be able to make a million dollars, make some money some way, not even a million dollars. I'd like to be able to whatever. And the thing is, is that it's just like at a sandwich shop, okay? If you go into a sandwich shop and you ask them for a sandwich, you don't tell them what it is that you want clearly, then you'll get a sandwich, but it won't necessarily be what it was that you wanted, what it was that you specifically wanted and the ask wasn't there. Um, I look at it when you're talking about being able to figure that out about clarity. It's about how clear you can see the goal. You say, you state what it is that you actually want. You state what it is that you actually want to get done. Because understand this, most of us dream in fuzzy black and white. We, we, we dream in fu like a fuzzy black and white TV. But our nightmares are in 4K color. You can tell me every negative thing that could possibly happen. What might happen? You might lose this. This thing might happen. These different things may go on. Whatever the different things that happen, right? You can tell, you can tell me that down. You can tell me every negative experience that's happened in your life. What happened with it? What the person, what, 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 what color shirt the person had on? What they said exactly? How you felt exactly with it? But then when you like think about something that was good, you're like, oh, it was okay. Eh, it was all right. And so that's the thing. If we're going to be clear about our goals, I need you to be able to feel what that goal is, what it is, what what the like what it's going to feel like to get it. What are you going to do the moment that it happens? All the power of questions and all those things that you'll be able to ask those questions to yourself with that, to know that, right? So you have to have clarity, okay? Then you need to understand the content of what that goal is. What is it that you're actually seeking? What does it take to get there? Is it something that you could do? Is it something that you could learn? Is it something that you need to delegate? 
So is it something that we need that we can do? So we need to actually take the action and do it ourselves. Is it something that we need to learn? Do we need coaching or mentoring in order to be able to figure out how to be able to learn how to do it? Or is it something that we need to delegate? Do you need a consultant? Do you need someone else that you need to delegate these other tasks to because you're spending all this time and energy on something that is not fruitful? So you have to understand the content of what that goal is. And then the biggest thing is that we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent in our actions. So it's taking consistent actions every day. It's, it's being in the consistency of figuring it out. Okay, so what am I doing today toward my goals? And even if that thing that I'm doing today toward my goals is resting, that's cool because it's purposeful rest. It's purposeful rest. It's not that we're just Netflixing it all, all day and we didn't mean to, right? You know what I'm saying? We didn't mean for it to happen and all of a sudden it's 4 o'clock. You know, and, and now you're like, I didn't get anything done today. It is, okay. I purposefully am not going to work from this point to this point. I'm, I'm going to catch up on my shows. I'm going to do whatever. And that's in my calendar. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I love that last point you're making because we talk about it as structured solitude or, you know, just, just structured time, you know, being intentional about even that rest period, you know, and not necessarily just mm -hmm. um, letting, you know, stuff happen to you that it's as if you weren't there to your point we also talk about uh like you know talk about the living dead i mean we i think we can speak about it you know to be fair mm -hmm. i think we can all speak about it because we've all been there we've all experienced yeah. it we wouldn't none of us here the yes. three of us none of us would speak about it if it wasn't something that we actually have experienced, engaged with, guilty of in the past. So if you're listening to us, believe us, we, we know we know this from firsthand experience. And we can tell you that this is something that anybody at a moment's notice can snap out of. And I love what you shared about clarity, content and consistency. Yeah, I call it zombie mode. Is what is what is where I go into. It's like what happens, you know, like all of a sudden I'm not really working, but I'm not really not working. Um, I'm just kind of sitting there, yep. and then like next thing you know, two hours is going by, and I'm like, where did those two hours go? They just they just disappeared. I have no idea where they where they came from, what happened, anything as far as For that. Those so listening, yeah. we're not we're not so, trying to tell you that, you know, <laughs> that you're a zombie. <laughs> But yeah, it is, it is a metaphor of sorts to say, okay, what are we, what are we doing with our lives while we're alive, right? Uh, so it's interesting you say that you're the how guy. Well, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on helping our clients saying, let's focus on the, the why and the what and, and let the how unfold. Now we know where it should unfold, we'll send them to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get started with them with the why and the why once That's they're clear. Is. Visit with Ojinga for the how, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and those things are super important. And, that, you know, the what and the why are super important. Um, and I definitely don't mean to, like, say that they're not important. What, what it is is that whatever it is you've decided and whyever it is that you decided to do it, at some point in time you have to do the how. You know, we talk about it all the time. There's three birds on a wire. Um two of the birds decide to take off. How many birds are there on the wire? Three on the wire. Two decide to take off. There's three still on the wire. Two decide to take off. Two haven't taken say, off. There's three. That's that. There's a, a high-performance coach in you, absolutely. There's three still on the wire because they, the two just decided to go somewhere, but they ain't gone anywhere yet. They haven't taken any action. Exactly. So you have to take the yeah. action in order to be able to do yes. it. We like to, to say that you want to take inspired yeah. action, which is where it comes from the what and the why, right? So, yeah, don't take Absolutely. blind how action. And as you said, the clarity of goals, being as specific as you can, is, is the only way to be. Otherwise, you're, we don't know what you're chasing, right? Cloudy pictures, exactly right. Right. So. Exactly, exactly. I just want to go do something. So, you know, uh, guess, yeah. a lot of our uh, audience, most of our audience, are great entrepreneurs, they're leaders in, in different walks of life. Uh, so from your experience, and uh, you know, I'm just now getting a little glimpse of you, um, what would be a couple of major, your greatest leadership lessons that you have learned so far that you would like to impart to our fellow folks listening here? 
Well, I really appreciate that because one of the biggest um, leadership lessons is, I believe, I mm. tell people all the time, you should let your kids play team sports. Not so that they can necessarily make it and be a pro. Um, I mean, I thought I was going to play professional football. I tore my knee up, um, and that, that kind of ended that. I had seven knee surgeries on my on, on my knee while I was in college, um, and that ended that, right? But when you play team sports, you understand about self-sacrificing. <coughs> and not sacrificing to the point of where you are trying to hurt yourself, but it's, it's taking one for the team. It's, it's, it's like take one for the team literally is a term, is a, is a, is a uh, cliche that comes from someone standing at a baseball plate and letting mm-hmm. the ball hit them so that they can get yep. on base. Okay, they're taking one for the team. They're literally getting hit, hopefully in the arm, not in the head or whatever, but literally getting hit that they don't get out of the way of the ball. They're taking one for the team, okay? And so the sacrifice that is required, um, like you learn more about that in team sports. You really, really do. You learn more about how it is that we work together and how it is that we that we get those things done. You learn that um, with that. But then also... Um, it is about figuring out how it is to exercise your expertise. So whether or not you're an entrepreneur or you are a business owner or you are, because there's a difference, entrepreneurs and business owners, there's a difference in, in, in what they do. Or if you are working for someone else, if you're an employee, we have to show and keep our expertise um, and be able to push that out there. And so to be great leaders, it's about understanding the people who are around you and then also being able to show your expertise. So there's a difference between position leaders and authentic leaders, okay? Position leaders are leaders because they um, have been given the job, okay? So I played football. And so people think in football, in American football, um, that um, the head coach is the leader of the team. There's usually in college about 90 to 100 players in the program, okay? So there's no way really to be a an authentic leader to more than about 50 people, okay? Um, so on a football team, the authentic leaders are the position coaches. So I played on the offensive line. There was about 11 to 12 of us on the offensive line. So now that position coach is a person who knows everything that's going on in my life. They actually know the buttons in order to be able to push or whatever to be, they know who I am, all those different things. And they might report some of those things to the head coach so they know and they're in a loop, but it is about being an authentic leader. Look, when you are a position leader in an organization and you're not connected to your people, if you're broken down on the side of the road and one of your employees could drive by and splash mm-hmm. you and they would you wouldn't know that it was them, they would do it. <laughs> because you're not connected to them. There's no connection that's there that's with them, okay? But as an authentic leader, I know what's going on with that person. I don't have to be the first person to speak. Um, and I, I can be able to do that. Understand this. Some people aren't even the authentic leaders in their household. They talk to their kids and the kid there's three kids and the other two look at the one who's the actual leader after it's over and say, is this okay? Because they haven't invested the time and the energy into the people to do so. So we have to be able to invest invest and be authentic and also understand um, what it is as far as like being able to show your expertise and your talents. But you know, that's so interesting, um, that perspective, because, you know, we, for example, we have group programs that we run and, um, you know, we have X amount of clients per container. And, you know, one of the conversations we have and continue to have is, you know, what's the number before you go over like a certain number where you're no longer able to, you know, fill in the blanks. And, you know, I'm not sure if that's something you run into whether it's in your coaching business or um, obviously mm-hmm. you spoke about it in the, the athletic setting. I know you've done um, HR as well in the past. Can you speak to that idea of, um, 
you know, especially today, like in the world we're living in today, um, how how that idea mm-hmm. uh, should be if you're if someone listening is maybe they're um, they have a small business or you know maybe they're even in corporate and they lead people can you can you just expand on that? Absolutely, and so like you know before I stepped out into my HR consultancy, um, which I did twelve years ago, I was in cor- corporate America for ten years, and so. Um, When I was in corporate America, I was in finally what we like to call the slash position, where I was the manager slash HR (laughs) slash payroll slash janitor slash babysitter slash 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 all those things. Right. And so what happens is that we take some of those bad habits, especially from large corporations, and we bring them into our small businesses Um, because what we would do in our organization is we would just take somebody and throw them out in the water when they got hired, and mm. they drown, they drown, and if they're not, we just we put somebody else out in the water. That was the way it worked. Well, that causes churn. In a large organization, they kind of can take in the money that it costs as far as for the churn to do so. But in a small business, you end up losing your business over that, especially now. Now at this point in time, where we're coming out, out of a pandemic, and we're dealing with all these different things, people are like, I'm having a hard time finding great employees. Well. It is about, first of all, how you compensate your employees, but secondly, it's about the place in the organization and the place that you create for them. Many of us, like there's very few of us that would go and take a job that was gonna pay us $5 more an hour, but that was gonna take half of the years off of your life, okay? Very few people would do that, right? So it's about being able to figure out how you can lead. So if you're managing, if if you have more than 50 direct reports, then you've got to find some sort of way of being able to sub that down to where you have some leads that are below you, where your leads are doing, and you're going to like, what you want to do is pass that leadership teaching and knowledge down to those leads to where those leads are having those direct relationships with those people. And now those leads can come back and kind of flow the information back up to you. Not just run back and tell you everything they said, but kind of flow the information. Joe is going through this thing and that's why this report may be this or whatever. So now when you have that knowledge, you can now speak to that. And so it's the same thing in group coaching. When you're you're in a group coaching program or whatever, when you get past a certain point, the people are lost because what people do is they form their own little subsects in between that. And so that's all it is. All it is is authentic leadership is going on there. Someone is attracted to this person who's in the group coaching program. And so now they have like a little subsect of their five or six people who now, now all listen to them. And like now, if you're not really uh, communicating with that person, then now guess what? That person's going to branch out of your program or whatever's going to happen. And that's what's going to happen. You lose people. You lose people in groups. And you're like, how do I lose six people all at the same time? Because they were all not, no, they're being authentically led somewhere else. That's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it, uh, HR is life to me. It really is. Like, in my one of my programs, um, you know, we look at what is the job description for yourself? What is the job description for your relationships? What are the policies and procedures for yourself? What are your rules that you have? What What are the rules that you have for your relationships? Because you know, like, if you don't the, have that structure, you were making about being, you know, being in a large organization as an employee with over ten years. I was there for twenty eight years and a couple of different ones. You know, when you when you become an entrepreneur, you you carry all carry all that perception. It turns out, you know, you're in a different you're in a different place altogether. You better find your own little own little garden to to create because you know you can't proliferate all that the bad habits you picked up you have a secretary infrastructure etc which you don't have when you when you start a business so that really resonates for those of you who are listening and want to start a business but the other point you know going back to hr uh that you spend time on yeah you know the old management theories of span of control they used to say you know nobody should have a direct report not more than five to eight kind of is the number you could have a thousand people, but you know the span of control is that. Uh, can mm-hmm. you speak to that a little bit in terms of because you know again in the context of group coaching we kind of understand, but there's no fixed number. It's just as you say, it's the penetration and an understanding of your of your team's no. ethos, right? It is, and and what what it is, and uh, to speak to that, what you're saying is you, when you're talking about an individual business, you can never run your business like a job because <laughs> if you run your business like a job you will go out of business because unfortunately 
the way that large organizations hey. work <laughs> is that they pay you just enough so that you won't quit. We we, we you, just sent out an email just with that work so that you don't get fired. And so, that's number one. That's so sad. That's so sad. That's the truth. That's the truth. Because that's, that's how it goes, right? So, when you're talking about span of control, it still is about what it is that you're developing as far as an environment within your organization. Right. See, if you have a toxic environment, it doesn't matter what your span of control is. It doesn't matter. But if you have a better environment, then you can have more people within an environment. You've got to realize we spend more time with the people who we work with than anybody else. <laughs> That's, we have to take the waking time out. We do. If you're spending 40 or 50 hours a week with people, that is, there's no, there's no, if you're, let's say you sleep seven hours a night, which you should sleep more than that, but you sleep seven hours a night, that's 56 hours, so 40 and 56, that's, that's 96 right there, it's only 168, if you have any sort of commute or anything like that, then that's what it is, right? So you spend more time with the people you work with than anybody else you spend time with. So it is your indirect family. And so, yes, I know that we've come to this place now where um, it's, it's considered a career job if you stay somewhere for five years, mm -hmm. you know, there's not that you go and work somewhere for 40 years and get a gold watch and that's the end of it, right? But you could have more employees. You could have better employees. See, we consider what what what, what, what we call, what we would aim for with our clients is what we like to call um, core employees, okay? A core employee is defined hmm. as an employee who's been with you for two or more years. Once someone has been with you for two or more years, you pretty much know what to expect from them. They pretty much know what to expect from you. Nobody's perfect, but we pretty much know what we're going to get from that situation. Okay? Understand this. It costs three times a core employee's salary to replace that core employee with another core employee. Because once they're gone, you got to go through the hiring process. You're not going to hire the right person. That's expensive with that. This person works for three months and they quit or whatever. To get somebody else in there for two years, it costs three times that person's salary. So you have to discuss, you have to think about that from a business perspective. And when you're talking about being trigger happy and just trying to get rid of people, how does it actually work with our, our environment and our ecosystem? Yeah, I've been in That's that environment. It's about um, right I want to say the last three or four years of my corporate career was mm -hmm. that and I had the I had that job where it was sold to me as this is just a temporary thing until we get mm -hmm. all the right people and the thing that I never saw over the course of those three four months all the way to the till the day when I left was that that revolving door never stopped mm -hmm. revolving and it actually did a lot of damage to the existing culture. Mm -hmm. um, and before long, the writing was on the wall. Uh, for me, it was like, uh, it's time for me to, I just don't see an end in sight in how that was going. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, I don't think we, we uh, mm -hmm. anticipated we would have this kind of a, a conversation, <laughs> but I think it's so useful to you know, just even remind ourselves that that is the most important resource that we have is each other. And, you know, this podcast is about creating unity consciousness and recognizing mm -hmm. unity and diversity and really um, seeing people for what it is that they're able to do uniquely, authentically in their own way. And I think that great leadership recognizes when it can create opportunities for people to thrive and also recognize when it's time for someone to exit so that they can find the right thing for them, mm -hmm. right? So, I, but I think that there's such a, such a need for, you know, everybody to, not just the leaders to have those leadership, but I think the idea of self-leadership is, is so important. And as we talk about leading from the heart, because, you know, large yes. organizations or Absolutely. many organizations don't really propound the emotional aspect that's considered weak somehow. And not that you're going to address emotional needs of people, but to, to know that, that, that they're aligned right. with themselves and their expression in the job brings their unique skills and their, you know, unique talents that are coming straight up and authentically, right? Because that's the first thing you talked about. Yeah, definitely. Right. And that, that involves um, having great 
emotional intelligence within your organization as well. And like, see, all these things are just buzzwords that people say. They just kind of just throw out there emotional intelligence and teamwork and different things like that. But it's actually it's actually doing that work and understanding that it's actually like you said. For people to be self-propelled, what you have to do is put them in an environment where they feel like there's somewhere for them to be able to move. If you're micromanaging your employees, if you tell someone, put a chair here, and they and they stand there and wait until you tell them to move the chair to the next place, that's going to drive both you and them crazy. They're not going to want to be there. They don't. But when someone feels like excited i think that's what we all need no matter whether it's in our business or in our life we all need some sort of source of excitement some sort of source of something to look forward to it's the thing that was the most difficult and frankly very difficult for me during the pandemic was okay i'm, I'm not going anywhere today <laughs> um, that's it i'm not i'm not going outside i'm not going anywhere there's nothing for me to look forward to as far as that there's no there's no so it was very um, difficult and hard for me, and it's still something I'm still working through to be able to, because like it shifted what my life is, and so and I I built my life, um, you know, after I left corporate America, I built my life purposefully so that I wouldn't have to like be in a cubicle every day, and so the cubicle kind of got replaced by this room, which is my office, which is me doing a ton of uh, a ton of Zoom meetings. Um, but like, it might've been, okay, I'm going to take this meeting outside on the deck in the sun. And that was different for me. Or I'm going to do this thing like to be, yeah, but you have to figure out those things. And for your employees, you have to put those mm. things in place because so many people are so fearful in their jobs of taking steps for themselves. So with your, if you're a business owner, you want better employees, then you've got to create a better workplace for them to come to because that's where they're spending their time. And it's the same thing as an employee. It's not like that you are, that you have no responsibility in it. Um, you have the responsibility to do it. It's like, it's like assertive communication. I used to teach a class. I used to teach an assertive communication class, right? So there is passive communication, there's aggressive communication, and there's assertive communication, all right? Passive communication is not taking care of your own needs, uh, your own needs and allowing them to be walked on, okay? Aggressive uh, uh, communication is not taking care of the person you're communicating with's needs. And so you are just walking on them and only taking care of your own needs, all right? What will happen is that when someone communicates passively, they will communicate passively for a long period of time, but then all of a sudden it jumps to aggressive, it becomes passive aggressive, and then now you just, um, you, you threw out somebody's uh, drink in the refrigerator and you, and you don't even know why. You, th you, threw, you threw away their lunch. You just, you just picked up their lunch and threw it away. You, you don't even know why you did it. It's just in the trash, right? That's what happens, right? Mm -hmm. But assertive communication is taking care of your own needs while also taking care of the needs of others. And mm -hmm. so that's the, that's the way we have to approach it running a business. That's, how, that's the way we have to approach a relationship. You may, you may quote unquote win in a relationship and be the aggressive person who's not taking care of your partner's needs. And they may be the passive person who is always having their needs walked on, but it's not going to last forever. Like eventually that, that's a great example of, that's, that's, just, that's just where we you are. You know, illustrating so what we often ask our clients is, okay, that one thing is showing up in one part of your life. Where else is it showing up? You know, because I think, Unless you're steeped into doing this kind of inner work, people tend to think that, you know, they can be one way at work, another way at home, another way with their kids, another. And the truth is, we aren't really able to fragment ourselves in that way. And even the act of trying to do that actually is quite suffocating and it, it's what it creates suffering and creates disease in the body when we're not able to really be able to be free to fully embody who we are. So, you know, I think that example is so good because before you know it, if one part of your life is actually not working, unless you mindfully um, tackle that, before you know it, that's seeping into those same mindsets and ways of being are now seeping into the other areas of your life. That's why coaching is so powerful because I think, you know, the coach's job, if they're good, is to be able to reflect that back to you so that you can recognize that. So Jinga, I know that you're, you're as we said, you're a CH uh, certified high yeah, performance definitely. coach. You're also involved with HR consulting. 
I also know uh, from your recent conversation that you do something with books, getting people to publish. What else do you do? Is this one organization that does it all? Yeah, that's it's all branched into it's a, epiphany consulting is my business and then we have an epiphany publishing leg which works with our with books and courses um as well too and then our whole team crushing that side is on the motivation side with that i mean with team crushing it we're crushing all those obstacles in front of your in front of those goals we're crushing timelines we're getting there faster than we ever thought we we're going to get there we're crushing life that's what it's really about with that um but it's just mm-hmm. set up and organized in that way and we have team to to work on different things i mean like what it honestly is is about exp- it's, it's about expertise though. That's what it really is. Um, it's about people buy from experts. Okay, um, that's just what it is. If you go to Target, you didn't necessarily go for the Target worker, but you went because Target has put themselves as an expert in this space. They've, they've, they've advertised enough, so that's where you think to go. Okay, so if you're going to run a successful business, then you must be an expert. Okay, so the best way to become an expert, and I realized this in my own life, I'm proof of concept for it, um, is that like, for instance, I worked in HR, um, you know, and then we, we rolled into an HR consulting firm, but what really took off for us was when I created an HR course called the HR Success Academy. And so we created this course, and it taught basically what a one person, an HR department of one, what they should know, um, and for them to be able to do it, we were able to sell the course and it grew my expert space. So I traveled across the country teaching classes and also selling the course. Um, and it grew my expertise level because then people who took the course, who took that course would then come back to me for HR consulting work, different things as far as that to do it. So we started building out what was a funnel in order with that. Same thing with books. You have a book, somebody, no matter what, I mean, we have um, authors that do all types of different things. So let's say someone has a clothing store. Uh, one of our authors has a clothing store. But they also want to be able to teach other people how to be able to grow and do their own their own clothing stores and be able to figure it out, right? So the book tells her story, um, tells her story, like what it is she's been through in her life, but then also gives what's, all, what's always important in all of our books uh, because we build business books. We don't do like children's books. Those are those are different things that people do. That's not what we do. We do business books. So it tells your story, but it also gives a methodology for why you think what you think and how it is you do what it is that you do. So now the fact that you can give out your methodology for who it is that you are and what it is that you do, now that automatically is going to make you an expert um, and be able to create it. So like this book that's like right there, right behind me, that was the first book I ever wrote. It's getting through the musical interlude. So what we what I thought about was I love Rocky. I'm an American red blooded male, so I love Rocky. Okay, uh, I grew up in that in that in that era. So what happened is that Rocky get knocked out by Mr. T or somebody, um, and then they play "Gonna Fly" now for like four minutes, and all of a sudden he'd be ready to fight him again. And so they passed over. You don't realize they passed over six months of this guy's life while it's going on, right? And so the, the thought for me was, what musical interlude are you in in your life right now? If you were watching a movie of your life right now, what musical interlude would you be in? What would the, what would the music be playing? Um, and so that's, it's, all, it's all goal setting. Still, it's still pick your song, you know, name your, you know, name your song and, and be able to sing your song. That's what it really is, right? So it's still, it was like, okay, it's just a different way of thinking about this thing. Because I remember that when I was playing football, um, I used to wish there was a musical montage that was going to go on to get me through this, this workout because I didn't want to be in a workout. Okay? <laughs> but still, it wasn't. I had to go through it, right? So that's it. So it's the same thing. So it's not, it doesn't matter what type of business. Yes, every coach should have a book. Yeah. But like, it doesn't matter what type of business you're in. If you're going to build expertise and people are going, you're going, because we don't do, because launch is another one of those words that's become like a marketing term and launch and people just kind of, and most people don't even know what it means, right? But we don't build launches. We build movements. So what we want to do is build a movement and there's a movement behind whatever it is that that we're doing. So like, um, you know, whatever that thing is, we try to create a movement behind it so then people can then be about it. And so, yeah, that's what we do. So what are you calling that movement? Is there such a, a maybe a phrase that captures it? I mean, it's team crushing it for us, and that, that's that, that's what our team movement is. It's it. team crushing it, and so we we it's it's so we have the team crushing it podcast, which we just uh, uh-huh. dropped, um, you know, just just recently, 
Um, and so we're dropping episodes of it weekly that we have with that, but you can grab the entire podcast, um, all in one, the whole video podcast of all of it, all 10 episodes. You can get that, um, at teamcrushingitpodcast.com. Um, but yeah, the, my company's name is Epiphany Consulting. We'll give you those aha moments, but it really is about the movement of Team Crushing It. And so it really is about what are we, what are we going to, you know, so we, we can, we consider the Team Crushing It family. And so we, we, we welcome people in the family and, and figure out how it is we can help them be able to crush those, crush those goals. Congratulations awesome. on launching your podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So we'll put your whereabouts in the show notes for people listening. Gotcha. And so they know how to reach you and uh, Team Crushing It guys look out and subscribe to. That's it. That's it. Jinga's podcast. Oh man, I, oh. I I can't wait to tell more people about this podcast as well because you guys just do such an amazing job um, with that, and um, that's my thing. I mean, I want to take in great information, and so part of my daily ritual is taking in good information because I'm an empath. So therefore, I <laughs> soak of course in you that. are. That's it. Of course, right? That's how it goes. Oh, right? Boy. That's it. That's, that's it. a whole other podcast. Yeah. Right? right? It's empath. That's, that's another there, podcast. Right? That's how it goes. It's a whole other podcast. It is. Yeah. No, I you know, Jingo, we hosted a. We hosted a three-day summit mm -hmm. back in April. We mm -hmm. called it the Bold Conscious Leaders Summit. And on the last day, we realized that we should have just called it the Woo Woo Business Summit <laughs> without without actually advertising it that way. Mm -hmm. um, over the course of three days, looking out in the audience, it was virtual, you know, mm -hmm. looking at who mm -hmm. was there, we were just like, wow. wow, you know, we don't have to hide. We don't have to be quiet about it. People are ready. Yeah. are ready to come out to actually embrace who they are, who we are. And I think that, um, you know, one of the most powerful things I heard last year was that, you know, empaths are empaths because they carry the ability to be able to um, actually bring to form what unity consciousness is. Mm -hmm. And that, when I heard that, I was like, yes, it's time to own this thing. Absolutely. Stop running. <laughs> right. We're not the generic ones that, you know, you, you don't attract the crowd, right? As we say. Right. So, so That's it was really true. interesting to see one person commenting because somewhere we said in the chat box, this is like woo woo. -woo. Oh, we like woo woo more than the usual. <laughs> bring, bring on the woo stuff. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Bring on the woo. <laughs> bring on the woo. That's it. That's the woo. That's a beautiful thing. So listen, uh, yeah, sorry. So, um, you know, Ojinga, I know we're coming up on, you know, at the top of the hour here. And, you know, we love just like you learning and um, we really could keep going about um, the wisdom that we've learned. I'm sure that there'll be more conversations yeah. and we'll share in each other's journey and the movement you're building, team crushing it and the movement that we're building, bold conscious leadership. And, you know, we don't take anything for granted. We really don't. And we've learned so much from you and the learning never stops. But we're always so curious because, you know, as you know, learning is a co-creative process. Mm -hmm. And so um, we don't take for granted that, you know, what we got out of this conversation, what our audience will get. But we're also curious, you know, from your point of view, what discoveries might you have had during this conversation? Well, the biggest thing is that there is alignment in the joy of doing this work. And there mm. really is. And it's like, so um, my dad, um, David Carr Sr., I told you, he passed away in 2007. But um, he said this, and I quote him on it as much as possible. Um, he was actually talking about a multi-level marketing company that, he, that we were in at that point in time. He was speaking in front of the room. But he said, we're a family related by affinity, if not through consanguinity. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're a family related by the love of what it is that we do, even if we're not related by the blood that rolls within our veins. And so I feel like you guys are family. And I've really been able to pull that from that. Really, I have because I'm like, OK, I really love what it is that you guys are doing. It gives me new insights. Um, 
for those of you um, who are listening to this podcast, I'm going to go real inside baseball here. We didn't discuss anything we were going to talk about before we got on the podcast, so we just <laughs> hopped on here and just started talking. So it's been just really organic, and I appreciate the organic conversation mm. um, and just the being able to learn from what it is that you guys are doing. And, and also just like, you know, knowing that you have a real heart for wanting to help people. And so... I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative of learning that. It's been something that's been really great for me. Hey, just likewise. Um, as soon as I heard that Trisha talk to you and she only talked about heart, I go, ah, I guess we got to talk to this guy. I don't know anything about you, but here right. you are. <laughs> so there you are. You can just feel it, see yeah. it. It's coming through. So appreciate that, brother. Thank you so yes, much. Absolutely. And absolutely. I'm sure this is the first of many. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about being a part of what you guys are growing and what you're doing. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, this movement of bold conscious for us, um, you know, a lot of my I've lost a lot of my old colleagues because they think I'm oh, gone. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's OK. We move on, okay. man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either join us or it's OK. Just enjoy your journey. It's all good. Right. So Yeah. I've gone to the other side. So apparently and uh, it's OK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my good friends told a story. She, she was in um, a store in like Sedona and had these bowls that you rub and you can hear the sound inside oh. the bowl. You can hear like a different sound inside the bowl. I have Trisha them. Trisha plays home. them. I played them. That's it. Oh my gosh. There you go. All right, well, well, she said she was in there with her mom and she was rubbing the bowl and she couldn't hear anything. And she was like, there's something wrong with the bowl. And her mom was like, no, this is not your bowl. And so that's the thing. It's not your bowl. It's not your people. It's not your. So we're just. I'm not looking for everybody. What a I'm great analogy. Wow. Amazing with it. So yeah, 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 yeah. So that's it. So those people just aren't your bowl. It's, that, yeah. that, that's, that's all. Yeah. That's all good. It's all good. Yeah. We'll call our container a bowl. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know right? we always, instead of the coaching container, the. That's it. Yeah, you know, um, that's one last really important lesson for anyone listening who is looking to start a business. You don't have to be everything for everyone. Really focus on who you are, what it is that you do that only you can do. Focus on filling the space that only you can fill and move from your heart and the rest, people, situations, circumstances will show up in front of you. And as long as you're alert and alive and awake and enthusiastic, Man, you can create magic just like we did in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. just to be open, that's the thing. We are just, we're so programmed not to be open and receive. So that's a learning process for, for, for certainly, certainly me, and I understand how it's that's working it. as I see it now. So. Beautiful. No doubt. All right, well, we appreciate your time. Epiphany yeah. Consulting. Lots of epiphanies here for us, for sure. Uh, aha moments. We look yes. forward to more of them. Wonderful. Thank you. Guys. Great Thank seeing you, Ojinga. We will see you. I'm yes. sure there'll be a next time. See you, That's Team cool. Crushing It Podcast.com. Beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take Thank care. You. Bye, All right, I appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if so, make sure to subscribe, download, and share it with your sphere of influence. You know, we bring a variety of topics to you and it's like a masterclass for those topics and it's all free. So take a screenshot, share it on your social media and add the hashtag bold conscious connections so that we can find you, see you, maybe say hello. And if you want to deep dive into some of the topics that we bring to you, uh, find us at www.livemasterminds.com and get to know us. Take care.